We don't capture it in our section of this portion of Galatians this morning, but Paul is really, really angry. He's impatient. He's a bit uh, beside himself with what could be called a teacher's uh, disappointment in one's students. He begins chapter 3 by saying to the Galatians, you fools, basically translated, you idiots, when are you going to get this? You see, there's an urgency in Paul and the message and the faith that he has received for people to understand that the Christ event, the living, dying, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which he experienced through his own salvation, is not only a personal experience of transformation, grace, and salvation, but changes the world, the cosmos, that a cataclysmic change in the human understanding has been ushered in through the Christ event. And the Galatians, many of whom have received that message, that faith, that gift, are resorting back to human nature, not to divine nature that has been so generously given to them through Christ. And his impatience is clear throughout, especially not just the entirety of this letter, but especially in chapter 3. Sometimes a sternness in our message is important to get our attention, to remind us that we too often default back into the comfortableness of our humanity when Christ has changed everything about us and about the world. And on this indigenous day of prayer, and as we continue to walk through this month of pride, and as we live in this message of the Trinity and its great mystery last week of trying to understand God as three and three in one, we are invited to recall again, and I promise to be a bit more gentle than Paul, I won't call you names, we are invited again into this remembering of this astounding thing God is capable of doing for us through Christ. We are reminded about what it is to be in right relationship, truly right relationship with God, with self, with other, with all of God's people, with creation and the universe all through Christ, in Christ, with Christ. Paul is trying to remind a community who are trying to live in this new gift of faith as Jewish Christians, as ones who have come from an experience of the faith event of Christ coming into their lives, and also the inclusion or living in relationship with those who were not from the Jewish tradition, not the people of Moses or Abraham. And they fall into their default of the human understanding. And they say, well, if they're going to be really good Christians, they have to go through everything that we've gone through to get there. They have to go through everything that is required in the law 
because we are superior in our faith to those Gentiles who are also included in the Christian path but haven't paid their dues in the same way we have. And you remember Paul's conversation about circumcision. Now that's a due to be paid. And Paul, in his impatience, in their human understanding of the Christ event that changes him and the world, is reminding them that something extraordinary is happening here. Not to be seen from a human point of view, but from a holy and divine point of view. Paul asserts the truth that in Christ, through Christ, and with Christ, through taking on the clothing of Christ in our baptism, through entering into that living and dying and rising of the Christ event given to us, given to them, and given to the world, no longer are things made as a power differential. No longer is there distinction. No longer is there identification as either or. But in Christ, with Christ, and through Christ, things are not only made new, but all are children of God. All are heirs of the promise. To quote him directly, he says in our passage this morning, For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. There is no longer a distinction. There is no longer a wall. There is no longer a separation between either or, male, female, slave, free, Greek, Jew. There is no longer a line that divides us. All are one in Christ. It is very hard for us to shed our dualistic thinking and being in the world. It's very hard for us to let go of the human point of view that says my identity is made known by my distinct uniqueness that is different than another person, and underlying that is an understanding that perhaps I am superior. So people need to be like me. People need to be like us. And they have to give up something in order to have what we have. There is no longer in Christ. There is no longer a distinction that takes differences and blurs them out and makes us all the same. Because that's not how God sees. In the Christ event, our eyes are opened so widely as ones who wear the clothing of Christ, participate in the salvation of Christ as being the children of God, that we see as God sees that diversity is gift and blessing, and that there is grace and room in all of God's universe for all of the beauty of diversity and difference. And it is welcomed 
and it is celebrated and it is included because that is the graciousness of God given to us in the ultimate blurred line of dualism, which is death overcome by life in resurrection. The words, there is no longer, is exactly the same as, instead of, either or, it is now both and. Now you've heard that phrase, it became very popular in all kinds of circles. It became a kind of trendy piece. But it goes back to the very moment when Mary stood outside the tomb and heard her name called, and all of a sudden the dead lived. And all lines were eliminated. And all people lived with the possibility of God's new breaking into the cosmos and fulfilling the promise given to the people of Abraham and Moses and given to all who would want to receive it. That grace is given and life is restored and we are made holy and divine again. And in that salvation called out to go and live in the world, as a community that does not insist on its own way because we hear further from Paul in another way to another community where he's speaking a lot more gently that love does not insist on its own way but love bears all things believes all things hopes all things no longer is there distinction and power differential, but all are able to receive the grace and generosity of God given to us in Christ. All are children, all are heirs. Practicing that is so much more difficult than we give it credit for. We can talk about it, I can preach it, I can say it, but am I able to wake up every morning and to put into check how I feel I have a place of superiority over another because of my privilege, because of my faith, because of my gender, because of my race, because of my Christianity? There is no longer any distinction. God's grace given to us in the Christ event, in the salvation of Jesus into the world, into the universe, changes everything. And we are given this opportunity to live as the Holy Trinity, which includes and embraces and celebrates distinction and difference all at the same time. Friends, Practice this. Practice it daily, remembering that none of us have power over another's faith, but all of us are under the power of God, who in Christ Jesus frees us, unshackles us, gives us all inheritance as the beloved children of God. It does not insist on its own way.
It does not force another to understand that you must be like me in order to receive the grace of God. But truly understands the meaning of a simulation which we seem to have lost. And First Nations communities remind us of this. Assimilation means to welcome the learning from another to understand and live in right relationship with another as community. Not like in science fiction where the outliers come in and take over and the Borgs insist you will be exactly like us. That is not the way of God. The way of God in Jesus Christ is that, is that there is no longer any distinction between slave and free, servant and free, male and female, Jew or Greek. There is no difference but all our children and heirs. As recipients of that grace, of that salvation, of that transformation of the cosmos, may we no longer be foolish, stubborn humans but may we practice divine seeing, divine inclusion, divine welcome, divine interdependence upon all creation and all peoples. May we love in such a way that God's salvation in Jesus Christ continues this incredible transformation of us, of our church, of our country, of the world. Thanks be to God that we have been clothed in Christ, that we dwell and walk and live in the world as Christ. And may we daily remember and practice, practice this both and inclusion in the world. There is no more, and yet there is all things. Amen.